Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us on today's Ask the Expert webinar, The Perfect ClinCheck, Seeing It, Communicating It, with Dr. Bill Codman. You'll learn two CE hours for attending today's program, and you'll receive important instructions on how to obtain your CE certificates at the conclusion of the presentation. Additionally, CE hours will automatically be added to your Invisalign doctor's side account. Please allow two to four weeks for CE hours to appear in your account. Please note you're able to listen to today's program via the webcast, and throughout the webinar, you will have the opportunity to ask text questions, which our presenter will answer at the conclusion of the presentation. I apologize in advance if we're unable to answer everyone's questions since our time is limited, but we will follow up after the program to answer any outstanding text questions. Today's program will be archived in its entirety one week from today at alignetickets.com, where you may also access archived versions of all of our previous Ask the Expert programs anytime for CE hours. It's now my distinct pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Dr. Bill Cotterman. Dr. Bill Cotterman reached the level of Invisalign Elite Provider in 2007 and has been treating Invisalign patients since 2000 at his private practice in Minneapolis, St. Paul. He attended the University of Iowa College of Dentistry, followed by the University of Minnesota, where he obtained his master's degree and certificate in orthodontics. Dr. Cotterman is a diplomat of the American Board of Orthodontics and holds two patents related to aesthetic orthodontic wires. He's been in private practice since 1978 in the Minneapolis-St. Paul, Minnesota area, where he currently practices with his two sons. So without further ado, I'll turn the program over to Dr. Cotterman. Dr. Cotterman, you now have the floor. David, thank you so much, and thank you all for joining me. I think this is just an exciting, exciting uh, way to get the word out. And uh, as um, I need to start the talk with uh, this little disclaimer, that everything I'm about to tell you is absolutely all stuff I've learned and all mistakes I've made on my own, and none of it uh, is on Alliance shoulders. So uh, there you go. Uh, David did an excellent job introducing me, so I'm just going to review just a couple points here before we get started. Originally an Iowa boy, born and raised in Iowa City, Iowa. I uh, went to Minnesota and have been in private practice all these years. Um, I'm a diplomate, and as David said, I hold a, a couple patents related to aesthetic orthodontics. Back in the 80s when ceramic brackets were first coming out, I got involved in uh, developing a couple tooth-colored wires to complement them, sold them through American Orthodontics, and actually earned almost enough money in royalties to pay for the attorney's fees for the patents. But I have this on my brag slide now. Uh, I was certified in 2000 with Invisalign, and I've personally treated about 1,200 cases, still learning, still making mistakes. And the key thing that I've learned over these um, 13, 14 years with Invisalign is communicating. And what I've discovered, if I can get my message across, and importantly, if I can get the ClinCheck the way I want it, I can keep my refinement rate down. And when I last checked with the line, my refinement rate right now is 8.5%. And not that everyone needs to get that low, but to, to me, which is different than some other speakers, um, I don't like to do refinements. I want to keep Invisalign as efficient and effective as possible. If we can communicate that ClinCheck to the techs and accept a ClinCheck that's going to work, we can really cut down our refinement rate. I was a team peer leader back in 2008. Uh, we are a top 1% provider starting back in 2011. And I'm on the Speakers Bureau, so that's why I get to talk to you folks today. All right, well, let's, let's get into a little bit of background on, on how I like to set up my ClinCheck to begin with. And I need to, to uh, step back a minute and talk about two terms that are somewhat 
controversial uh, with Invisalign, and their, their definitions have changed over the years, and specifically the power of overcorrections and overtreatment. And these are actually two different uh, descriptions of moving teeth. A little background. Overcorrections with fixed appliances have been around for a long time. I love this cover article from a journal of clinical orthodontics back in 1986, 27 years ago plus. Uh, it looks a lot like a ClinCheck, doesn't it? And this is an article by Bjorn Zacherson. And Bjorn's uh, premise to his article back then was a term that he actually coined, 11 tenths overcorrections. And to Bjorn, that meant that if there was a tooth that was somewhat lingual, for example, he would want it labial at the end. The, and the reason for that, if there was any relapse, it's going to relapse toward an ideal position. So 11 tenths overcorrections. If a tooth is a little lingual, he wants it slightly labial. So as things settle in, we're going to have an, an ideal alignment. For our fixed cases, we also have wire play we have to deal with. And all of us orthodontists have a pet prescription. Whether you're a Roth orthodontist, an Andrews, a Hilgers, whatever uh, type of setup you like, we have our torques. So for example, if you call yourself a Roth orthodontist, you like to see 12 degrees of torque in your upper incisor bracket. Are we ever gonna see 12 degrees of torque at the tooth? We all know we're not. And the reason we're not is this example right here, the wire play. We've gotta have give, slop, if you will, in the system in order to get our wire in and out of the bracket. Uh, there's gonna be fight back from the PDL, from the transeptal fibers. So if we say we have 12 degrees of torque in our upper incisor because we like the, the look of a Roth prescription, we're really probably only seeing 10 degrees if at most at the crown, at the root of the tooth. So whether we know it or not, we are always over-engineering, over-correcting our setup with our fixed straight wire appliances. So we need to do that then with our Invisalign setups. Our ClinCheck is no different. We have to over-engineer it. We now have to talk about how we're gonna over-engineer it. And so what I've learned over the years is if I tell the technician I want a rotation over-corrected at the end of the treatment, if I give them a number that they can hang their hat on of five degrees, I like what I see in that ClinCheck. I'm gonna over-correct in and outs 0.2 millimeters. Uh, that's again, a precise enough number that I know they're gonna make a change. And as a rule, I like what I see in the ClinCheck that I approve. Now here's a new term that we kind of settled on after this last summit back in November, the term over-treat. Overbite is a much harder beast to tame. Uh, we're always gonna have difficulty in opening up a deep bite. And so if we over-treat something, that is gonna be a movement that is gonna happen throughout the entire series of the aligners in the blue, section of the, the movement, which we'll see in just a minute. Torque is another thing that we need to over-treat. In a Division II case where we really need to torque some incisors, we've got to see that happening 
throughout the entire treatment, not just at the end. And then tip, another thing we need to overcorrect. So we need to look at the teeth in all dimensions and make sure that we're overcorrecting or overtreating those teeth in all those dimensions so that we do get exactly what we want to see in our ClinCheck at the end. I was lucky enough to be able to go down to Costa Rica uh, almost exactly a year ago to the day, really, and uh, to see how that operation is run. And it was an absolutely mind-opening, blowing experience to see not only how, how vast the setup is there, but to see the techs, people that really, really want to get it right. They want to please us. They need to know how to do that. And we were told or taught down there, we need to keep our instructions precise and succinct for them to follow because clearly English is not their first language. And so I have actually started uh, setting up my treatment form, as you're going to see here in just a second, only in the last year because I want to keep it something that the techs are going to have a better chance of following. And so if, let's just say for an example, we have a case that's got a very narrow arch form to begin with. I'm going to want to talk about the general parameters of the case. So if we had a constricted arch form, I'm going to say, give me a broad arch form. Let's say this case also had a deep overbite to begin with, which we want to over-treat. I can be as precise as I can be in, in talking about it. So by telling the technicians to set the overbite at 0.5 millimeters, by intruding the upper anteriors 30%, lower 70, what am I saying? I'm saying I want those centrals at a very minimal overbite of 0.5. My laterals are actually going to be at zero millimeters because I always like my laterals to be a little higher than my uh, centrals. And if this patient didn't show a lot of gingival display, I mainly want to intrude the lower anteriors. So as we know, when we submit our first treatment form, there's that section on correcting a deep overbite. And you can click the radio button, uh, correct it by intruding upper anteriors, lower anteriors, or both. So in this illustration, I would have clicked both on the, tr on the treatment form, and now I can go in and be precise exactly the percentages that I wanted. Let's also say this patient had a little bit of um, lingual tipping to the upper incisors. So I'm going to tell them to lately crown torque those upper ones 12 degrees beyond ideal. So this is setting up the case to work out in the blue. In other words, this is going to happen from the very first aligner until the end of treatment. Now I'm going to specifically talk about my overcorrections. And the technicians in Costa Rica, much like we look at our ClinCheck, will look at one arch at a time. So if we can give them instructions one arch at a time, they're going to be able to follow that much more clearly. So I'm going to start with my upper arch. And I'm going to go tooth by tooth. If I can give them specific instructions tooth by tooth, then they literally can make that movement on the ClinCheck and then check it off. We're going to go down to the lower arch, same idea. We're going to go tooth by tooth. So I think as you can see, looking at this sample paragraph, if you will, that would be on my treatment form, 
the, the techs are going to have a reasonable chance of following the instructions and then most importantly follow them out tooth by tooth. So you're going to, as a rule, not have as many give back and forth give and takes until you get the ClinCheck the way you want it. Now, that being said, sometimes those instructions can be pretty intimidating. At this particular moment in time, these are succinct instructions that I'm probably not going to follow. All right, let's look at our first case. We're going to look at five cases today, if time permits, and some of these are completed cases, as Garrison is, and some of them are in the new language, and I have not had a chance to show the final cases. These are going to be some challenging cases overall, and for those of you that um, may be relatively new to Invisalign and, and haven't treated a lot of cases, all of the principles, principles apply whether we're doing a severe class two case, as we'll see with Garrison, or whether you're doing an express five case. We want to get the ClinCheck exactly the way we want it before we hit the submit button. So let's look at Garrison. Uh, uh, a neat little young man, a 13 and a half year old. And when we look at Garrison, we see that he does show some gingival display. So here's a case where we are going to be thinking about doing some upper incisor intrusion to help with the gingival display. We can see that when we look from the side view, how we do have a pretty um, reversed curve in that upper arch, um, about an 80% overbite, somewhat of a deficient mandible. And so we, we want to deal with the class two aspect as well. Looking at his uh, pan, you can see the uh, over eruption of both the upper and the lower anterior teeth. And then looking at his Ceph, we see some somewhat upright incisors at 100 degrees to SN, some pretty good, uh, good position to those lower incisors. So our treatment plan, let's level the arches. We're going to be careful to over-treat that overbite. We want to improve the torque in those upper incisors, and we're going to correct his class 2 with class 2 elastics. So let's look at the first ClinCheck and see how we need to language that and what uh, we get back the first go around. Garrison is an older case, and as you can see, first of all, when we look at my comments, this was before I got it right as far as learning how to put everything in a bullet point format. I've got all the information there, but you can see when we have this kind of flowing, rambling, if you will, paragraph, it would be easy for a technician to get lost in things. But let's, let's, let's look what we're asking for to begin with. We're going to place additional attachments in all the fives and the lower twos. We're going to bevel them on the gingival. I want to talk for just a second about attachments. That's certainly not the topic of the lecture. But when we have this type of case, uh, and we're trying to level a deep bite. Uh, I've learned that if we put some attachments on the second buys as well as the first buys, which are always in my preferences, the aligners are going to grip down more tightly so that uh, we can get the uh, intrusion of the uh, anteriors to work out without the aligners rising up on the posterior. I always have attachments on my upper laterals to prevent those bad boys from intruding on me when we don't want them to. 
I've added attachments on my lower laterals in deep bite case class twos because when we're going to have a lot of class two elastics, I don't want those incisors to dump out under the influence of the class two elastics. So that's why I add attachments on my lower laterals. Okay, so let's now talk about our overtreatment and our overcorrections. We said set the overbite to 0 0.5 millimeters at the ones and zero at the twos by intruding the upper anterior 60, lower anteriors 40. So again, this is an example where we've got a deep bite. We want to intrude both arches and I got a little technical saying let's do a little bit more in the upper. If we look at the overcorrections that we asked for, overcorrect, we're going to labial torque the upper incisors 12 degrees. We're going to rotate those upper centrals distal out 5 degrees. Why did I say that? Well, you can see the distals are in 5 degrees to begin with. So here's the overcorrections. We're also going to rotate that upper left two measly in 5 degrees. Whenever I do my first treatment plan, I always have my clinical photos on one side of the monitor while I'm doing my treatment plan so I can literally look tooth by tooth and make sure that those corrections get done. Well, let's see if they did. They did very nicely. So if you'll notice where we start here at the stage of the overcorrections, and for those of you that have not done overcorrections yet, when something is called an overcorrection, we will see that in the brown and tan bars. So you'll notice that initially the teeth are straight as determined by the technician. So now we're seeing the overcorrection work out with those rotations. In the lower arch, we asked for some overcorrections as well. Specifically, let's move the lower uh, two laterals labial 0.2 millimeters. And so there we can see that overcorrection. So it looks like they got the overcorrections uh, nicely done as far as the uh, rotations and the in and outs. But let's look at what happened with the overall setup. Well, clearly, we didn't get that uh, overbite reduced to 0 0.5 millimeters at the centrals uh, as I asked for and the laterals are hanging down too much. So even though I asked for it, I didn't get it uh, to show up in the ClinCheck. Another thing as we run this ClinCheck, let's look from the side view here because we do have almost a full step class two correction to take care of. We only have 24 aligners. And even if the patient changes their aligners every three weeks as we oftentimes do with class two treatments, that is not going to happen uh, in time. So the velocity is a little bit too quick as far as that goes. So I did not accept this ClinCheck. We need to take it back to the drawing board and ask for some more uh, details, and, and then we can see if we can get the ClinCheck that we want. So I came back, and I just simply said, Let's intrude um, these upper cuspids a little bit more. Let's intrude the lowers a little bit more. And then slow the velocity by adding 10 more stages. That's all the more technical I'm going to be. 
if, about velocity. If something looks like it's happening faster than I can do it in fixed appliances by quite a bit, I'm just going to say slow down the velocity, in this case 10 more stages. So now if we look at our ClinCheck, I like it very much. I like our extra labial crown torque. I love the reduced overbite now. They followed my instructions exactly. One other minor point to bring up that we'll look at in, in another case is very often, almost always, when we have some class two correction to do, I'm going to ask them to rotate the upper molars measly out to aid in that. In this case, I did not ask for that because Garrison's molars are already rotated out nicely, so rolling them out anymore is not going to give me any advantage. So this is a great looking clinch check. We hit the approve button. Well, let's look and see how we're coming now. Excuse me. Here we are just shortly into treatment, and we've got Garrison now on his class two elastics. We treated his complete, uh, we completed his treatment, and he's wearing Vivera retainers at this point. We got a good smile change because we over-treated the overbite. Let's compare it to ClinCheck. This is the point to really um, bring home. We are always going to see a deeper overbite clinically than the ClinCheck. You might think of that perhaps as a weakness in ClinCheck or Invisalign. It's just a reality of life. We are always going to have plastic between those back teeth, so we are going to always see a little bit of posterior intrusion. And so the bite is always going to be deeper clinically than ClinCheck by about two millimeters, as we see here. Looking at our torque, we remember we asked for over-treatment of the torque by 12 degrees, so there's our differential in the torque. We're always going to see a 10 to 15 degree uh, less torque in the incisors than we're going to see in the ClinCheck when we start with some upright incisors. If we look at our occlusal view, there were those overcorrections. As I like to tell the patient, we're going beyond perfect to get to perfect. And looking at the subtle uh, rotations in the in and outs in the lower, you, you'll notice that those teeth were called to go later, uh, labial. They never did. That that's just fine with me. Just like our 12 degree torque in our bracket is going to express out at 10, we're never going to see 100% of a ClinCheck. And so uh, we're going beyond perfect to get to perfect. Harrison was just a 16-month treatment time. 34 aligners changed every two weeks. We started his class to elastics at stage 11 and continued for the remainder of the treatment. And then we uh, always go with Vivera retainers to maintain our slightly overcorrected treatment. And what a great treatment. I think we saw uh, that young man five times during his entire treatment. Very, very efficient. All right. Let's look at a newer case as far as the language of our treatment plan goes. And Tyler is a little bit older patient. He's class one. And now we have another factor to look at, and that's the width of an arch. 
he also has an open bite as opposed to a deep bite and an anterior trunk tongue thrust. So if we look at, at Tyler, he outgrew his previous orthodontic treatment uh, through a combination of vertical growth uh, as well as the tongue thrust making things worse. And you can see that we've got a mild posterior crossbite on the left-hand side, causing a midline shift uh, when we look at him from the front view. Uh, not a severe enough problem, I don't believe, to, to warrant uh, orthodontic surgery, um, assuming that we can correct it orthodontically. Non-remarkable pan. So our treatment plan is we're going to expand his posterior teeth, we're going to intrude the posteriors, and we are going to extrude the anterior teeth, and we may need some backup. We may need some posterior tads to help with some molar intrusion, and we're probably going to need some anterior vertical elastics to make sure we close down that bite. Well, let's look at the first ClinCheck that we um, got back after our instructions and see how closely they followed things. First of all, what are we asking for? We want to expand the upper arch a millimeter and a half beyond ideal to over-treat the posterior crossbites. So again, this is an over-treatment. We want to make sure this happens throughout the entire treatment. Just a little side note, you may wonder why you're seeing IPR uh, in this example, and I'm not asking for it. In my preferences, I like to have as ideal an anterior occlusion as possible. So if a Bolton tooth size discrepancy is picked up uh, when they do the setup, in my preferences, I have them IPR the uh, uh, crowded arch to take care of that. So that's the reason you're seeing some IPR here. All right, let's see if they did handle the um, overexpansion. And they really did. Um, the molars are nicely uh, a millimeter beyond ideal on the uh, um, both sides, so they covered that uh, just fine for me. I'm, I'm happy with that. What don't I like? Well, let's just take a hard look as they do the expansion. As these teeth come out, I don't like the fit of the second molars. They're not in solid occlusion. Um, they need some torque. And so I'm not going to accept this ClinCheck because I don't have a socked in posterior occlusion. Also, we're only seeing 16 aligners, so that is going to be a little fast. I don't think things are going to happen just in 16 aligners. You'll notice that the overbite is not over-treated from an open-bite standpoint. We have it down to ideal. The reason I didn't go beyond that is, again, remember, we're always going to see clinically a deeper overbite than ClinCheck regardless. So I do not overtreat open bites. Let's look to see if they got the uh, overcorrections as far as the rotations right for me. Um, I asked to rotate those upper laterals uh, distal in five degrees. So there they are at straight. And so when we look from the um, tan section, yes, they did that nicely. If we look at the lower arch, again, we're now going tooth by tooth. 
Did they get the rotations in the in and outs? They did. So that part of it looks looks very good to me. The only thing that I'm not happy with is the posterior occlusion. So I did not accept this clin check. Let's go back and see what we asked for. We just simply said, um, let's lingual crown tip those sevens. Let's get them to fit. Let's lingual crown tip those lower molars. Um, those were a little too upright from their original position. They did not do that. I asked them, we plan on maybe using some class three elastics, so I want to make sure they put the cutouts for the molars on the mesial cusp. It's not a default, so I'm going to always ask for that. That's the reason for that note there. And I said, slow the velocity by adding six more stages. Well, now the posterior occlusion looks good. We now have it socked in well. The other thing on the lingual crown tip of those lower sixes, I didn't show you that before, but you can see how upright they were to begin with. They now have those tucked in nicely before they had left them very upright. So the, the point is we want to really make sure that all of our issues are dealt with. Um, it's easy to forget about the second molar sometimes. We want to make sure that's right. Now, even though this looks relatively straightforward, we still only have 16 aligners. So uh, the tech still missed something. So we just had to go back and uh, kind of remind him that we needed the velocity slowed down. So I wasn't too too snippy or anything. I said, the setup looks great. You got to praise him once in a while, too. Please slow the velocity by adding six more stages, but I needed to remind them as previously requested. And so now this is a good-looking clinch yet. We've got a good posterior occlusion. The, the, the width is overexpanded, and the velocity is more, is more reasonable. So I do not, I do not have a final um, photos for you yet because currently he's in treatment since we just started in this past summer. But I fully expect with um, anterior vertical elastics uh, for this case to work out. Let's look at a, a, perhaps a more simple case here, uh, another uh, teen case, Evan. And as we look at his problem list, we can see he's class one, but he does have a deep bite and some narrow arches that we want to look at. So if you look at this young man, uh, we do see uh, a little bit deeper than ideal overbite, uh, some pretty upright incisors, you can see how he's constricted in the, the middle part of his arches. Um, we don't have fully erupted uh, bicuspids yet. Uh, so it looks like we have a, a crazy deep curve, uh, curve, but a lot of it is not fully erupted um, bicuspids yet. And the CEPH shows a good class one skeletal pattern with a little bit of a deeper than ideal overbite. So our treatment plan is we need an expanded arch form. We want to overtreat the deep bite, and we need class two elastics, perhaps, for anchorage. So our first clinch check does need a little work. 
even though we are getting more precise in how we, we ask for our, our corrections to work out. So since we have a little bit uh, of a narrowness to that upper arch, we're going to add for a broad arch form. Here is a case where we are just a little bit um, class two. Um, and so we're going to ask to rotate those molars measly out 10 degrees to help with any class two correction. We're going to set the overbite to 0 0.5 millimeters at the, the ones. Well, they didn't quite do that again. Sometimes they just don't get it to my, my liking. Let's look at the overcorrections as far as the, the rotations go. You can see that distal was out quite a bit to begin with. Therefore, I asked for it to rotate distal in. The laterals were lingual to begin with. Therefore, I want them labial. So I like that. That, that looks very good as far as the overcorrection. So there we are at straight, going beyond perfect to get to perfect. Looking at the lower arch, very similar. We've got straight teeth here, 23. There we're going beyond perfect to get to perfect with the subtleness and moving those laterals, labial, and rotating that central. So that part, they got right. What I don't like is the bite's a little bit deeper. Another thing that I don't like is that you'll notice that these teeth weren't fully erupted initially, the second molars, particularly on this left-hand side. And as the case treats out, and we'll see a simulated class two jump here, they left the molars, didn't even touch the molars to, to line them up. So again, that's not an inclusion that I want to, to, to live with. So we're gonna have to have them adjust the second molars and adjust the overbite. And one last thing, again, it's all about really looking at things before you accept things. The upper incisors were a little upright to begin with, and I had um, an error in my instructions. I never said anything about changing the torque in those incisors. So I can't be too critical noticing that there's not enough torque in those incisors uh, at this point. So these incisors to me are way too upright, so I'm not gonna accept that. So we have the issues of overbite not being followed, um, as well as uh, the alignment of the second molars, as well as incisor torque. So this ClinCheck went back to the drawing board. But it just took one set of corrections and we're done. So again, if you can clearly tell them what you need corrected, uh, they should be able to follow. So we came back and we just uh, asked them, first of all, to put my attachments as gingival as possible. I like them out of the way of occlusion. Let's label your crown torque those upper ones. And again, I had forgotten to tell them to do that initially. Let's take care of the overbite. Let's tip these molars to get them right, both in the upper and the lower arch. And so now we've got a good looking ClinCheck. Now you can see they corrected the second molars for me. We've got an ideal occlusion there. And now if you look at the um, incisor torque, we've got nice incisor torque now compared to what we had. 
and very importantly now we've overtreated our overbite. So all of our issues have been dealt with as far as um, my overtreatment and overcorrection protocols, so I did hit the approve button for this case. Let's look at one other um, somewhat complicated case, case four. And what makes her case a little bit more challenging is the uh, fact that she's missing, congenitally missing an upper second bicuspid. She also had orthodontic, uh, orthodontics as a, as a teenager, and we can see that uh, her class two was never uh, corrected. Uh, the teeth are kind of straight on the lower. Uh, we have some issues with torque in these upper incisors. We have a lot of labial crown torque on the lateral, lingual crown torque on the central. So we're going to want to adjust the torques there. And then we've got a retained deciduous second molar. Uh, the molar's in good shape. We could make the argument we could keep that. But I would like, in a 20-year-old, I'd like to correct that class two posterior occlusion and um, intrude and retract these upper incisors just a little bit. Certainly not much. She's got just a beautiful profile. So our treatment plan is going to be to extract the upper uh, right second bicuspid and that deciduous molar on the left side. We want to expand her arches as well. I want to over-treat her overbite. And now we have other, uh, one other term I want to introduce when we have extraction cases. We need to do a virtual gable bend to control the tipping. Gable bend is absolutely a term that all the technicians know what it means, but we have to prescribe it in order to get it. And we're also probably going to do some class two elastics as needed for anchorage. So let's look at our first clincheck. Let's see what we ask them to do first of all. And this again is an older one, um, or actually I should say it's not. We have a lot of instructions in that upper arch that we want to deal with. Um, we need to place vertical bevel detachments on the sixes and the fours and the threes. Uh, this is a, something that we need to do to control the tipping. We now have, um, actually just as of last month, we now have root tipping attachments for the bicuspids. Uh, so today we would have these twinned. We still need something to control the tipping of the molars. But as you can see, looking at this, we go, whoa, wait a minute. What happened to the second molar? Uh, they accidentally, or they didn't accidentally, they cut it off in the um, clincheck because it wasn't fully captured, which I had no idea that happened until I got this ClinCheck back. So there's one issue right there. Um, I also said the virtual gable bends throughout the entire treatment to, to measly crown tip those teeth and distal crown tip the molars. I also said note that uneven torque in these upper incisors. You know, you can see the excessive labial crown torque on the laterals, the lingual there. So we want to make sure that gets corrected. And did they do that at this point? No, they didn't yet, because you can still see, looking at the lingual surfaces, we've got too much labial crown torque 
on those laterals. So bottom line, this went back to the drawing board right away uh, because we clearly have to have the second molar. So I just wrote back and said, man, I didn't realize this is what you're going to get. So we, we sent in another upper impression. Now let's see what we've got back. This looks a little bit better. Well, thankfully now we have a second molar for some anchorage. And let's look and see how this case is treating out now. I like very much the um, correction in the deep bite. I like very much the overcorrection in the um, incisor torque. But interestingly, when they um, when I resubmitted the upper impression, I lost my attachments that I had asked for to prevent these teeth from tipping. We have a virtual gable bend, and it's hard to see with these attachments, but you'll notice as these teeth come together how the crowns are tipping away from one another. That is what we have to have to keep those roots parallel as we're correcting the case. So at this point, um, I'm not happy with the attachments, um, and I'm also still not happy looking at the torque of this upper arch. So this one went back to the drawing board. Third clincheck got it right. And as you know now, when we have um, the, the little uh, window that we can pull down to drag and drop our attachments, I got the correct attachments on my um, teeth by just simply um, opening up the um, attachment uh, window and dragging and dropping the attachments. But this now is a good-looking clincheck if you look at how nice the incisor torque looks on the centrals. We now have correct torque on the linguals of that lateral, and we just went back and just simply said, tooth by tooth, let's lingual crown torque those upper tooth 10 more degrees. Um, let's do a little more intrusion, talk about precision cuts again to make sure that they're going to put on the mesial cusp of the, the lower molars for the class twos. So this is a good-looking clincheck. If we look at the virtual gable bend, you can see if you track the attachments, how the crowns diverge from one another as they come together. As we'll see in our last case, that is, is a completed case, critical to ask for this so that we end up with parallel roots at the end. So this, to me, is a good-looking clincheck, and her treatment is now underway. So look at all parameters, make sure every tooth is either over-treated or over-corrected before you hit that approve button. Okay, let's look at our last case for this morning, and look, let's look at Angie, who is an 18-year-old female, and she is a severely crowded case, as we'll see, and she's bimaxillary protrusive. And Angie is a, a, a neat young lady. She just finished high school. She's out in the working world and on her own and has insurance now and wants to take care of her crooked teeth. And we can see, looking at her case, she definitely has too many teeth for her small mouth. You can see, in order to close her lips together, we've got some lip strain, some metallic strain, and so we have to decide how we're going to deal with the crowding. 
Her cuspids are somewhat class two. Her molars are class one uh, due to the blocked out lower bicuspids. We look at her pan, everything looks good there. She's got third molars as well that are erupting. And when we look at her ceph, uh, we've got some lower incisors that are quite proclined. Upper incisors look pretty good as far as their angulation, but certainly some lip strain. So we want to extract the upper and lower second bys to take care of the crowding. We're going to retract the anterior teeth, class two elastics as needed for anchorage. Well, let's look at our first ClinCheck. This is an older case, as we'll see here, so I'm back to my more rambling uh, form of description here, but it's still all saying the same thing. We're going to place attachments on the sixes, fours, and threes, and we're going to bevel toward the extraction site. Again, this is going to be old news as the um, root tipping attachments all come out with G4. The key is virtual gable bends between the sixes and fours for the entire treatment. And so if we look at the gable bands, look how nicely those crowns diverge from one another. So that is uh, an absolutely uh, a description virtual gable bend that the texts all do understand. That part I like. Overcorrections. I said move all the twos labial 0.2 millimeters. Let's see why I would have said that. Well, if we look at her upper arch, certainly these laterals are lingual to begin with. So at the end of treatment, I naturally want them labial just a little bit. As the case treats out, though, you'll see that the laterals do end up labial, but they left the roots clear back here at the cuspid. You can see we just have a crazy amount of excessive flaring in those laterals. In fact, this would be a case, if you think about it, um, if we were going to treat this case, if I was going to treat this case with fixed appliances, I would probably put my lateral brackets on upside down to make sure I would get lingual crown torque. So we need to think that way with the ClinCheck as well and make sure that we get lingual crown torque on there. I didn't ask for it specifically in my first treatment plan, and I certainly didn't get it in the ClinCheck. So we're not going to accept this, this ClinCheck. So the second ClinCheck is getting closer, but the technician still had a little issue with following the notes. Well, first of all, what did I ask for them ask for them to fix? I was being pretty nice. I said overall the setup looks pretty good. Um, omit, couldn't quite spell that right. We don't need the third molar in there because she's going to extract them. Please lingually crown tip all the lower incisors 10 degrees. They were still tipped out way too much. Lingually crown tip the upper laterals 12 degrees, right, because they were way too flared. And we asked them to slow down the velocity as well. Um, the, uh, the original ClinCheck showed only 29 stages. We're not going to do an extraction case in under 15 uh, weeks. 
Well, as they did their treatment, unfortunately, they also lingually tipped the centrals. So even though I said only the upper right to upper left to 12 degrees, son of a gun, they dumped in the upper incisors. So clearly just an error in communication. We absolutely cannot allow that to happen. So we went back and had to correct that. Also, the laterals as well needed a little bit more um, lingual crown torque as well. So I just simply said, maybe the crown torque those upper ones 12 degrees. Basically get them back to where they should be because they were way too upright at the end. Lingually crown torque the uppers eight more degrees. And I had to throw in a little um, pearl to them. I said, hey, the lower incisors do look better. And by the way, it's always good to say thank you. So now if we look at our ClinCheck at the end of treatment, we've got labial crown torque back. We've got a good position in those laterals, and we've got really nice uh, over expression as far as the gable bends go. Think of it as extraction series brackets. If we're going to do extractions uh, with fixed, we're going to put gable bends in our brackets, or excuse me, in our wires, or we're going to angle our brackets to give us uh, a gable bend, we can certainly do that with the ClinCheck. If we look from the occlusal view, this is always a test to look at as far as your torque goes. You can see we've got more lingual crown torque in those laterals by quite a bit than in those centrals, just based on looking at the lingual surfaces of those teeth. So finally, this is a ClinCheck, and it didn't take long. It took three tries that I do like. We've got a solid posterior occlusion. We've got the, the distal tip of the molars, the measly tip of the bias and the cuspids. So again, check it out, all aspects, before you hit that Approve button. Well, let's see how Angie's treating out. Um, in spite of the virtual gable bends, sometimes the teeth still don't track particularly in the lower arch where we have denser bone. Now, this is prior to SmartTrack. And in my experience so far with SmartTrack, I think a lot of these issues, tipping issues, are going to be eliminated because we have a much more flexible and steady-acting aligner. But back here with Angie, seeing some tipping, we have to add muscle. So we're putting on uh, a couple little brackets. This is a 1622 night tie. So we're adding a real live gable bend to add to our virtual gable bend in the ClinCheck. And it's really not a big deal anyway, because we are planning on doing class two elastics to help with the uh, class two correction. So we're gonna have a button on the molar or bracket anyway. We're gonna add one onto the bicuspid. So very quick and easy to uh, add that. Important point to make is that even though these teeth weren't tracking, we're not stopping the treatment. As long as we know we can get the teeth back on track with maybe an auxiliary or two, 
we are going to keep moving forward with the treatment. So Angie is still changing out her aligners every two weeks. We're just cutting out the aligners to allow uh, for the brackets to be in place, and we're marching right along. So if we can do that, then again, we don't need to do a refinement, or in this case, perhaps a mid-course correction because of teeth not tracking, if we can get them back on track. And so now, if we look at the pan, yeah, we've got those lower molars um, upright. You can see looking at the root parallelism in the upper, that tracked uh, very nicely throughout the treatment. We now actually have a little over correction in the uprightness of those lowers, so we took the buttons off the um, first buys. And now as we're getting near the end of, of Angie's treatment, uh, we can see the molars are in fact socking in pretty well. Just a little bit of detailing to do yet. Uh, that upper cuspid is just out of position just a little bit. So she's in her retainers now. Uh, we actually ran out of aligners and if I feel comfortable that I can still get some mild movement to occur while she's in her Rivera retainers, I'd rather do that than have to do a refinement. And so we're just socking in the occlusion with some short class twos. Still not quite perfect on those cuspids. So a, a quick little trick is let's put a button directly onto the cuspid and now we can pull it down into, uh, into the, the Vivera into ideal alignment. So here is Angie just about finished. Um, we can see the buttons on the uh, upper cuspids, the hooks on the lower molars, which is where I always like to have my hooks for class twos on the meso of the lower molar. Just about finished with treatment. We maintained uh, good torque. Uh, I think we've got great lip balance. Certainly a much more relaxed profile. And eight weeks later, so we are actually doing a little treatment in the Viveras, but we got those cuspids down. The laterals are nicely uh, out where they belong. We've got the root torque the way, the way we want it to be. Parallel roots. We've got to treat our Invisalign cases at the exact same standards that we treat our fixed cases to. Comparing it to the ClinCheck. Again, going beyond perfect as far as our rotations and our in and outs to get to perfect. And there's our torque that worked out in those upper teeth. Looking at the ClinCheck then, you can see how we overangulated the uh, uh, cuspid and the bi in the ClinCheck. There's our upright cuspid, nice root parallelism. The molars actually stayed slightly overcorrected, which is not anything you're normally going to expect to see. Uh, that was a pleasant surprise, actually. But I think we have a successfully treated case here because we over-engineered the ClinCheck to get the end result. And again, I want to stress there was no refinement. Uh, the case finished right on time at 23 months. That does include the um, two months we spent in the Viveras detailing the occlusion. She had a total of 39 aligners. There were posterior brackets on the lower to upright those um, teeth uh, and get things parallel. Class two elastics for six months. And Viveras made at stage 37 off of the ClinCheck 
that represents just a hint of overcorrection so that we can hopefully maintain our finished result for years to come. Well, let's talk about a, a few random tips here as far as um, how we want to uh, end our discussion. Do the overcorrections, do the overtreatments. Um, as I said, my, my refinement rate is, is roughly at 8.5%. And if we can keep our refinement rates low, it helps everybody. Uh, our, our cases absolutely treat out faster by about 20% in Invisalign than our fixed cases do. So that helps me in determining our fees to a patient. If I know uh, an 18-month fixed case is going to be a 15-month Invisalign case, it enables us to get our fees very comparable, and, and, and we try and stay pretty close to our fixed fee schedule, particularly since we know we're going to get done sooner. If the ClinCheck looks too good to be true, you can certainly finish that yourself. It's probably not going to happen. Uh, and so just use the, the brains that we all have that we went to ortho school for to know tooth mechanics. Teeth do not move any differently with Invisalign than fixed. You put a pressure on a tooth, it's going to respond. So if you're seeing some crazy movements and you know there's no way you'd expect that to happen with your fixed case, why would it happen with your uh, Invisalign case? Well, the answer clearly is it won't. So reset that case knowing uh, that you're using mechanics that actually do work. And finally, pay attention to all the details in that ClinCheck before you hit that Approve button. Uh, even today, uh, I still look at ClinChecks back and that I made a mistake on. Darn it, I missed this one tooth. Uh, and so uh, my few refinements that I do need to do, it generally boils down to still something I missed in that ClinCheck when I hit the Approve button. One little point there is that if you do a refinement to get a few more overcorrections, you, as long as the aligners are fitting, you don't need to do a new scan or a new impression. There's no reason to. If all you want to do is get more of what you should have asked for originally, all you have to do is send in some photographs, write on your refinement note whatever overcorrections you want, and send it in. That way the case is going to go so much faster. So uh, there is some misconception by some orthodontists out there that if you do a refinement, that means a new scan or a new impression. As long as the aligners are fitting, it absolutely does not. So save some time that way.